Dear saints of God, our Lord Jesus Christ continues to manifest Himself in the Scriptures, especially in the season of Epiphany. The fact that He is true God and true man. He is the Almighty who is in our flesh, in your flesh. And we hear it today in the Gospel account from Matthew chapter 8. Our Lord, in fact, when we come across Him in the text that we just heard, had just given the Sermon of the Mount, which consists of Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And, and now he comes down off of the mountain with these great massive crowds following him, and they come asking him for healing, asking him for help. And he gives it. He helps. He heals. Our Lord Jesus loves his neighbor with a divine love and compassion that the world has never seen. In fact, this is the pattern that if we were to step back for a minute and consider the entire Gospel of Matthew, we would, we would see it. Uh, Matthew has an introduction and, uh, which is about the birth of Jesus and His baptism. And then the conclusion, which is about the, the suffering and the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And then in the middle of His Gospel, He has five sections, five groupings of words and then of deeds. Messianic teaching and messianic action. Jesus will instruct the crowds, and then He will work miracles. The first sermon is this Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and then these two miracles, the ones that we heard, the healing of the leper and then the healing of the centurion's servants, are the very first miracles of Jesus that Matthew details for us. First, then, we have the healing of the leper. This man comes in faith to Jesus he comes confessing that if Jesus is willing, He can make him clean. And Jesus says these words, and how wonderful they are, I will. I am willing. Be cleansed. Dear saints, our own hearts should leap with joy at these words, for the Holy Spirit has them here for us as well. Jesus is willing to make us clean, to declare us holy, to forgive our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I think that we might be tempted quite often to see in the miracles of our Lord Jesus His strength. Well, think of it. If I were to ask you, what do the miracles of Jesus prove? We, we might answer, well, they prove that Jesus is God, that He is the Almighty, that He has power to wallop sickness and disease and unruly waves and everything that gets in His way. The miracles for us prove that Jesus has power, power to give uh, sight to the blind, strength to heal the crippled and to raise the dead. And it's true that Jesus does have power, that He, in fact, created the world and that He sustains the entire universe. But, the, but power is not always a good thing. It's not always a safe thing. And so it is not enough for us to see in the miracles of Jesus His strength, for it always depends on how the strength is being used. Imagine this, for example. Imagine you take a wrong turn one night, and you're wandering, walking, lost down a dark alley. You know, the, you know what I'm talking about now? Where there's trash cans on either side, there's cats rummaging around in the dark, and the only sound is your footsteps echoing off the bricks there, and, and here comes down at the end of, an, of the alley some huge 
fellow. He's strong. He's powerful. Good news or bad news? It depends, doesn't it? If he's some thug who wants to steal your hat, it's bad news. <laughs> and the stronger he is, the more powerful he is, the worse the news. He might take a couple of your teeth in the process of stealing that hat of yours. <laughs> but what if you're walking down the same alley and some massive beast of a man comes around the corner and he happens to be your friend who's been out all night looking for you? This is good news, especially now that you know that there are hat thieves in the area, right? <laughs> and here, the stronger your friend, the better the news. You have it? This is how we are to read the accounts of the miracles of Jesus. They are not just showing us that Jesus is strong. It is not just for us a demonstration of his power. When the Lord Jesus says to this leper, I am willing, be cleansed, we know that he intends to use all of his power and all of his strength for us. That he uses the fact that he is God in the flesh to help us. And this is good news. In fact, think of it. Here we are in our filth and our sin. What do we think should happen when we bring all of our uncleanness to the face of God? We would expect, I think, that, we, that, that the Lord would use his power to wipe us out, to cleanse the world of us. But he doesn't. He stands willing to help, to serve, to heal to forgive. He uses his strength and his power and in fact his everything he's got for us so that he can have us as his friends and his children. The miracles of Jesus, therefore, don't just show us that our Jesus is strong but also that he is compassionate just as well as they show us his power, they even more show us his love. And this is the importance of the miracles of Jesus, and especially this first miracle, the cleansing of the leper. But there's another miracle in the text, the second miracle, which is the healing of the centurion's servant. The centurion was a Roman soldier, and this is important because Jesus will exalt this foreigner over all of the Jewish people. Here it is in the text. When Jesus heard this, that is the words of the centurion, he marveled and said to those who follow him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. And I tell you, many will recline, at, will come from the east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness. There is something astonishing in this text. Remember, and we have to go back another chapter, when Jesus had finished preaching the Sermon on the Mount, what happened? The text says that all the people who were listening were astonished at the words of Jesus, that they marveled over His words. Here's the end of Matthew chapter 7. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowd were astonished at His teaching, for His teaching was as one who had authority and not as the scribes. The people were astonished and they marveled at Jesus. But now, in this text, just a few verses later, Jesus is the one marveling. And he's marveling at this centurion. 
It's incredible. And we should pay close attention to it. For, for what is it about this centurion that gets such high commendation from our Lord Jesus? What is it about this man that Jesus is marveling over? Well, he does not marvel over the man's position, over his rank, the, the fact that he's a ranking officer in the Roman army. Nor does Jesus marvel that this man has done so many marvelous works, good works of service. He's not marveling at this man's purity, at his holiness, at his love for God and for his neighbor. No, none of these things. Jesus is marveling, if you can believe it, at this man's faith. How wonderful! Because faith is really nothing at all. Faith is simply believing a promise. It's simply trusting in someone else to do the work. And yet, our Lord Jesus is willing to give to faith the sure and wonderful honor that he even accounts it as righteousness. He commends in this soldier nothing but his simple trust in him. It is astonishing to us that our Lord Jesus will attribute so much to faith. In fact, in fact, in his ministry, a number of times, Jesus will attribute miracles themselves to faith. Go, Jesus will say to someone that he's healed. Go, for your faith has made you well. And we want to stop the text and say, wait a minute, Jesus. You're the one that made him well. You're the one that did the miracle. You're the one that healed him. But the Lord Jesus attributes all of this to faith. Jesus gives to faith the honor. And this is incredible. For it is the same with us. It is the same, it is the same with you. You are exalted in the eyes of the Lord Jesus. Not when you accomplish great things. Not when you, not when you do great works. Not when you have some sort of title or position or anything like this. You are exalted in the eyes of the Lord Jesus when you have faith. When you believe His Word. When you trust in Him. This faith the centurion has manifests itself in two ways. First, it manifests itself in humility, and then second, in trust. The centurion says to Jesus, as Jesus offers to come to his house and heal his servant, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. For this centurion knows his own sin, his own unworthiness. Such a confession of humility can hardly be found anywhere else in the entirety of the Scriptures. In fact, such a marvelous testimony is this verse that it became in the history, the liturgical history of the church, the prayers that people would pray when they come to the Lord's Supper. Kneeling at the altar, ready to receive the Lord's body and blood, the Lord's people would whisper, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. The centurion knows this. He knows that he had not merited or deserved anything from Jesus, but his faith also manifests itself in trust, in a confidence that Jesus is strong and that he is good, that he can save and that he will save his servant. For this centurion continues, only say the word, Jesus, and my servant will be healed. This soldier knows that a word can accomplish great things, and he knows that the word of Jesus can accomplish miracles. That his speaking can accomplish anything he pleases. Lord, 
speak and it will be done. And dear saints, this centurion is right. He is right that he does not deserve anything good from Jesus, but he is right also when he looks to Jesus for all good, for a blessing, for a miracle, for a word of life. And Jesus speaks, and it's done, and the servant is healed. This should bring marvelous comfort to you. For our Lord Jesus has the authority to speak and work miracles. And for us, he has spoken. He has spoken to you and declared you to be clean. He has spoken to you and declared you to be righteous. He has spoken to you and declared you to be holy and that your sins are forgiven. And he will speak to you that same miraculous word now. For in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May this miracle-working word of Jesus, his word of life, be your comfort and your peace, now and always. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.